well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. Who are you going to call? Stuff starring Jay from the Sexy Armpit and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. So the new Ghostbusters trailer has arrived. What is your opinion on it? Uh, I thought it looked great, actually. I did, too. I thought it was it surpassed my expectations. The effects looked slick. The, the girls all seemed wonderful. It just seemed like a funny, cool movie. The thing with me is that I'm trying not to overcompensate because I'm so aggravated over how some people have treated this film. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying not to say that it's like, better than it is but i thought it looked really good yeah it's really caused so much controversy and then people are going to crazy ends of the spectrum because now it's becoming this insane sort of like gender thing you know it's it's been way out of proportion um, well i feel like it's become a crusade on the negative side so like the only way to fight back sometimes is to become a crusade on the other side right so it's like if someone's telling you this is the worst piece of shit you've ever seen Sometimes you just got to say, no, it was the best piece of shit I've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah, but that's the thing. We're not saying that. We genuinely are enjoying this trailer. So, No, I mean, when it comes to this kind of like trivial pop culture shit, I try to pretend like I'm Switzerland. Yeah. I I just don't want to argue, so I'll just stay neutral. But at the same time, like, I'm looking at this trailer, I'm like, it's fucking good. It's really And to say that it's just okay when I feel like it's fucking good is stupid. Yeah. Man, like Kate McKinnon and all these characters from Saturday Night Live that you see them do. And Kristen Wiig is obviously, her career speaks for itself. But I mean, man, if anyone decides to say these ladies, I've seen actually someone say C-listers. Yeah. Which I, which I thought was a little bit crazy because, I mean, they're on SNL all the time. They're in movies. I mean, they're well-known people. Plus, like, I don't see how really name value means that much when you have a brand like Ghostbusters. I mean, if there's ever a time to break out talented people who can't just be sold on name value, it's with a movie that's going to sell itself on title alone. Yeah, exactly. And uh, also product tie-ins. here's my thing look i don't care if if you don't like ghostbusters that's obviously fine i have no problem with that but you have to at least appreciate what it's going to give you yeah the copious amounts of green slime induced food (laughs) yes and the return of ecto cooler i mean it was on a recent episode where we're like oh they gotta do it man they don't (laughs) if they don't do it it's over and they did it yeah, this is the moment that you have been waiting for, everybody's been waiting for. I know you love Pitch Black, and that was a big deal. And Crystal Pepsi, for me, was a huge deal. But this is ecto-fucking-cooler. Yeah, it trumps them all. Yeah. I mean, like, publicly, obviously, I need to be really excited about it. Privately, I'm devastated because my collectible ecto-cooler is nosedived in value. Oh, man. Oh, my you God. Just can't, you can't predict that. You can't go to the, you know... A stock trader and ask him for advice on <laughs> ecto cooler yeah <prices. laughs> although my thing is the picture that you put out with the can mm. they're marketing it to adults obviously because they're selling it in a six pack of cans apparently yes but i believe they are also going to do juice boxes they're right. going they're doing it in all different ways they're doing yeah they're, <laughs> they're getting us from all angles <laughs> yes every position <laughs> so if it comes out in a can, right, I think that's really neat. But my thing is, 
how did they not think of let's do this in an energy drink format, you know, and make it uh, ecto energy? Well, you don't. You know, the book's not closed yet. You're you're only on like chapter three. Yeah. Maybe it's coming. How many chapters do we get? Like fifty six. Yeah, fifty six sounds about right. Okay. Well, that's what I would do is make that into like an ecto cooler energy drink. Oh, it's begging for it. And then the Twinkies that you got a didn't you get a hold of them? No, I didn't get a hold of them. I just uh, basically retweeted a picture from some mysterious company that feels like it's straight out of like the Cloverfield marketing. EGM something something just <laughs> randomly puts up a, t- a picture of new Twinkies, new Ghostbusters Twinkies. Yeah. And it's like you look at the rest of their feed and it's like, you know, doomsday approaching in three, two, one and, and weird cryptic things. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> so we but we've never seen anything like this. Twinkies with green slime inside, right? No, we have. It's just hasn't okay. been it hasn't been Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. branded. Right. And I don't know that it's ever been key lime slime flavored either. <laughs> so there was another uh Twinkie that came out with green slime inside. Oh yeah, there's been uh the, the full rainbow of filling. Like Shrek, did they have Shrek or something? Yes, actually that was it, it was Shrek. I really just guessed because no, and you're the- absolutely right. Yeah. It was Shrek. They did blue for Transformers and pink for Transformers, and I think they did those same colors for X-Men, but they did green for Shrek. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it's good. Ghostbusters, it fits in. And Twinkies are obviously a thing that they mentioned in the original Ghostbusters, and it shows up in the trailer as well that everybody was talking about. Right. And the thing about both Ecto Cooler and these Twinkies is that nobody was really meant to know about these things yet. It wasn't like some clever leak to get people talking. It really just kind of like got out there on its own. So you got to wonder what else is coming. I sometimes disagree with you, though, because I sometimes think that they make it so damn clever and it is a ploy what the whole like just leaking it to these random people and that's how how smart would that be if they just dropped it on ebay some dude who has nothing to do with it they dropped it on his ebay account and it's like the most genius marketing ploy ever because now look we're all talking about ecto cooler right i mean i don't disagree that that kind of stuff does happen but i can promise you that the ebay auction was legit and was not some company fed scheme was it too legit to quit? It was too legit to quit. <laughs> I can't reveal my sources, but assuming that my only source could be the seller, it's probably the seller. <laughs> it's all on the level. And the same it's... thing with the Twinkies, right? Well, I don't know about these Twinkies. These Twinkies, I mean, they just be fuddled the fuck out of me. It's like I, st- I still can't believe there's like one picture out there and it's everyone's repeating it. Everyone's like hot new exclusive. First look at Ghostbusters. Twinkie. Like first look, we're exclusive. We're all getting the same picture from the same source. You don't think people know this? And like you can adjust the fucking brightness and contrast all you want, but it's the same fucking photo. <sighs> anyway, befuddled the fuck. Yeah. That's how I feel. So all these leaks all over the place. And, you know, we got a lot to look forward to. So I was also thinking some of the things that we didn't get, like I mentioned the energy drink, I think would be a great idea, right? Yeah. Now, what about Stay Puffed Peeps? (gasps) Oh, my God. That is just wonderful. (laughs) It is. It's wonderful, wonderful. And it's like a marshmallow in the shape of a Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. and you know, it has the traditional flavor of a marshmallow, not not these crazy flavors that they come out with now. No, no, straight up marshmallow, all white with some like black icing trim. Actually, you know what? Come to think of it, the flavor is 
that marshmallow cream, like fluff. It's like fluff flavored. Oh, yes. You know, I'm I'm knocking it out of the park. I can't stop. I I want more. I <laughs> I got one more. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> okay, so how is McDonald's not jumping on the Shamrock Shake and saying Slimer Shake? Because uh, you Irish folk will get offended. <laughs> Me. You know, they, they, they're, taking, they're taking Christ out of Christmas and they're taking the shamrock out of the shake. <laughs> I think that would be great, though. Let, let's just say the appease me Slimer shake from McDonald's. Oh, oh God, I'm so in. In fact, yeah, I, right. I mentioned on Twitter, I'm hoping they do an ecto-cooler like Slurpee. Oh, yeah. Because, like, how natural would that be? They already do green ice yeah. Slurpees. Oh, that would be so good. See, I got a few in my pocket, too. You do. But, Yogurt, what is this place? What is it that you do here? Merchandising. Purple Stuff Podcast, episode 22. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. That's who we're going to call tonight, the Ghostbusters. (laughs) Oh, I see what you did there. (laughs) Yeah, tonight we're going to be talking about all of our Ghostbusters memories and interesting little anecdotes from our lives yeah and for all you people who hate the new movie uh it's it's all based on the old movies <laughs> it is yeah we didn't fit it we weren't able to fit in we haven't seen it yet but oh it is coming out in imax so i definitely have to see that in imax by the way oh, of course throw i mean that out there i'm not gonna go on a whole rant again but the facts are just yeah <laughs> okay so tonight we're gonna run through 10 of our personal ghostbusters memories and I think you should start. I will. Number one. Nice doggy. Cute little pooch. Maybe I got a milk bone. My first Ghostbusters memory is Tavern on the Green. Hmm? And this is back in 1985. It's a restaurant, and it actually recently reopened in Central Park in New York City. Have you ever been there, Matt? No. This is one of those like higher-class restaurants that was famous for many, many years in Central Park. And the restaurant appears in the first Ghostbusters, where Louis Tully is running across the street from his apartment building because he's getting chased by the terror dog. Do you remember that scene? Of course. That's a classic scene. Right. So he <laughs> walks up into uh, at the exterior of a restaurant, and the restaurant has glass uh, walls and everything. And right. Kind of, he presses his back up against the wall, and the terror dog's in front of him, and all the rich people in the restaurant, like, they gasp because they're looking yeah. at, at this disheveled guy screaming. <laughs> But they still, like, pretty much ignore them. They ignore, yeah, they stop for, like, a second. They, they go back to their food, and they, uh, you know, the everything goes back in action, and the terror dog is there growling at them. Right. So I used to watch this scene with my parents, and I asked them where it was, and they told me it was New York City, you know, and the whole movie basically is in New York City. So I always begged them to go to New York to see these places. But when I said I wanted to go to Tavern on the Green, that was like a big no-no because it's a super expensive place, you know? Oh, yeah. So it wasn't that easy to get them to do that. They eventually said they'll bring me. So, you know, we spent the day and night in New York City and I went there. But it was it was kind of odd, a kid asking to do this just because it showed up in the film. Now, let me ask you, did you want to just see the restaurant or did you want to eat at the restaurant? Oh, no, I wanted to eat. At oh, the- God, of course you did. <laughs> 
So, and of course I had something stupid. It was like a kid's meal, like chicken fingers or something like right. that. Because you can never order any normal thing off the menu when you're a five-year-old. So. No, of course not. <laughs> so I just thought it was the coolest thing. And that kind of started off my obsession with going to different uh, locations from Ghostbusters, which I eventually did all of them in New York. It's interesting, though, because when you think about it, somebody in, say, like Ohio or Iowa, they might not have that same connection to this area. Same thing goes for L.A. We didn't grow up in L.A., so it always kind of seems like that exotic place right? when you're watching a movie. But New York City and New Jersey, it's like we're right here, so it, you have a kind of an ownership to it because you're there all the time. Now, let me ask you, is this restaurant, did it really look like it did in the movie? It did. It was very, you know, rich and snobby. And but stuff. it had, like, those same Starbucks-style windows? Yes. Like, they... what kind of five-star restaurant would have those kind of windows? Like, that's <laughs> where rich people go to seclude themselves from normal folk. That's true. Like, kind of look like a step up from a Knights of Columbus. <laughs> was it nice on the inside? It was. It was really nice. But, I mean, I don't remember it like the back of my hand. Yeah. I was a little kid. But, anyway, what's interesting about the inside is... A young Debbie Gibson shows up in what? the... What? Yeah, yes. <laughs> she was eating in the restaurant with her family at one of the tables. Oh, wow. Wait, in the movie or when you were there? <laughs> no, in the movie. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Number two. Peter Venkman, bad to the bone and sludge bucket with ectoplasm, each sold separately. Ghostbusters from Kenner. So for Christmas in 1987, I received my very first real Ghostbusters figures. Oh, the one of the best lines ever. Yes, and I mean, even by then, the, the cartoon was like the best thing that ever hit Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. So that was a major, major moment in my life. I remember our family celebrated on Christmas Eve, and once the clock struck midnight, that's when everyone opened the presents. Yeah, so, so you were like, one of those Christmas Evers. Yeah, I was a Christmas Ever, you know, yeah. the, the old Italian <laughs> tradition. And I'm just completely transfixed on these Ghostbusters toys. Like, oh my god, I finally have them. Yeah. So, ironically, I actually didn't get any of the Ghostbusters. I just got three of the actual ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bad to the Bone, who was a skeleton. Bug Eye mm-hmm. Ghost, who is a, I don't know purple thing <laughs> and then i got slimer oh yeah yeah i think they were still calling him green ghost at that point but right. man i knew what it was it was slimer baby yes yeah i mean like after years of getting action figures that came with nothing but guns and missiles and swords and spiked maces now i had one that came with fucking steak and watermelon <laughs> yeah rubber steak and watermelon yeah I'm like holy shit for a few weeks yeah. i just like make that figure just sit at the dining room table with us and i had arranged his like food on a little plate <laughs> Meanwhile, my father's sitting at the head of the table wondering if he should have, like, maybe not had that last kid. <laughs> so, I don't know if I can call it my favorite toy line ever, but objectively, I don't know that there's a better one. It is one of the best, and Kenner was responsible for so many good ones. This one in particular, man, it was just so perfect. And I remember getting Slimer and Stay Puffed, and that you're right, it was Green Ghost. Never understood that, but... I do remember, though, having almost that whole line with uh, the, the firehouse and almost all the original characters. And, of course, then it, got, it started getting a little bit crazy because 
they'd unhinge their jaws and their you know their heads would right. pop off. And <laughs> well, I mean, the problem was there was just uh, just not very many hero characters. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you wanted to make more good guys, you had to make the same ones over and over and over and over and over again. Right. By the end, by like you know wave eighty six. One eye would droop out while the left arm went up, and if you put it in water, half of its pants would turn green. <laughs> we'll call them galloping ghost busting galoots. <laughs> and conspicuous by their absence, uh, all the characters you loved, like Boogeyman and Sam Hain, none of these guys were even in that series. It's kind of weird. Well, it's, it's but very they made strange. a fucking monstrous toilet. <laughs> yes, fearsome flush and yeah, and, and grandmother and a mailman and you know generic sort of wolfman. I'm like, yeah. okay, no boogeyman, no boogeyman though, huh? No champagne, come on. It was weird how like the toys were based on the cartoon and yet the toys almost ignored the cartoon in some ways. Yeah. They eventually did Sam Hain in Extreme Ghostbusters, though. Right, but by then, like the style had changed dramatically, so it wasn't quite like getting a Sam Hain real Ghostbusters figure. Exactly. But what was great about the Slimer figure and the Stay Puft figure is that, I mean, they weren't in scale at all because Slimer was almost as big as uh, Stay Puft. Oh, yeah, it's totally <laughs> weird. But but they're very inspired looking. You know, they're just like, especially Slimer. He looks like a cartoon come to life. Yeah, but that bright green, those yellow teeth. Yeah. Oh, and so his, cool. the feet, the texture of him as well. It's almost like a soft type of feel, you know? Right, it's like almost like a, he's not a plush doll, but, you know, if you're at a pinch. <laughs> <laughs> I actually am very jealous of you because as a kid, I did not have Stay Puft and I could never find Stay Puft. Yeah, that's why I was so excited for that one day where I got both of them. And that was the one thing. Like I was, like you, a huge Ghostbusters fan. And that line, in particular, I, like I said, I had almost everything from it. But those two guys were always, like, I think everyone got them first. Yeah, I mean, I would feel like really? they, yeah. they would, except me, because could never find them. Yeah. I actually only got him in the last year or so. You know, I all, all you dirty. Yeah, 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 I got him when I was with you, and... uh He's all dingy, and he's got, like, a black marker stripe. And he cost $25, but I was so happy. Yeah. It's the little things. Number three. The next Ghostbusters memory is the Ghostbusters Spooktacular. Do you remember this, Matt? Oh, man. No, I'm very jealous that you, I guess you went. Yeah, this is a live show that took place at Universal Studios. And I believe it was only in Florida. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, Don't quote me on that, though. Yeah. It was a live stage show where the Ghostbusters appeared. Not the real, actual Ghostbusters, but, you know, guys playing them. Right. It was like a theme park live show, so it's not on the same level as like a Broadway play or anything. No, it wasn't on the same level as a Broadway play, but I just have to point out that I've seen the YouTube videos, and this wasn't like seeing like, you know, the bootleg Wolfman at Six Flags saying Monster Mash. This was (laughs) a pretty big production. 
yes, when it's coming from Universal, like they didn't fuck around, especially back in the early 90s. This is what they do and put on shows like that. And it's funny you mentioned the uh, YouTube thing. The spooktacular on YouTube is one of the most amazing things, especially, you know, when you're growing up like we did, where having a computer wasn't commonplace, especially when we were younger. Now you could type this in and watch the whole show on YouTube. It's wild. It's a show where Lewis Tully introduces himself and he says, I'm going to be trying to sell you, you know, a franchise of the Ghostbusters so you could become your own Ghostbuster. Ooh. After that, you move into another room where you watch, uh, like, a, it's basically a show that happens because Lewis Tully encounters uh, Walter Peck, and Walter Peck is his typical asshole self and wants to shut down the protection grid. Yeah. Yeah, shuts it down, the ghosts get loose, uh, you know, Ghostbusters show up, and they see Zool and Gozer and the whole thing. So it, it's a, it was a really cool show. The effects were amazing. Crazy effects. And it, it's actually, it's not that long of a show. But, you know, getting the chance to witness it live was really awesome. You know, I still have some postcards that I bought there, like in this paranormal gift shop afterwards. Right. And and that's the one thing that I that I was able to keep because some people have like their T-shirts and all this. I mean, like that stuff's probably hundreds of dollars at this point. Yeah. But man, those you mentioned those ghosts, like just to confirm like, the video I saw was the show you saw. They were like holographic, right? Yeah, they were like holographic. It was basically like the type of effect they would use at the end of the haunted mansion in disney world but exactly on, yes. on like a larger scale you yeah. know like slimer actually looked like he was really there you know uh for a live theme park show at the time this was really really big and uh, like i mentioned it in one of the previous shows how awesome it is like uh, when a property kind of acknowledges something previous that they did and yeah. it almost makes it canon it, it gives it more weight so i was thinking this new ghostbusters movie they made it would be so cool if the story was that they were at this show and they purchased a Ghostbusters franchise. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You know, I'm betting you're in the minority on that one, but it's not a bad idea. Yeah, it would be so cool if that was the story. So, yeah, we went to uh, the Spooktacular back in 93, and we bought, we bought a franchise. Oh, <laughs> That's like trippy, mind-blowing shit. You know? Yeah, if that ends up happening, people are going to think you're the Messiah. <laughs> Nostradamus. <laughs> I, I do have to throw this thing in there, is that there was plans at one time for Ghostbusters to be a dark ride at Six Flags Great Adventure. Oh, was there? Yeah, and they got the kibosh, right? But since about 07, 08, Universal has still purchased the license to use Ghostbusters at, at the theme parks. So, you know, hopefully we'll see a new Ghostbusters theme park attraction. Oh, yeah, if they have the license and there's a new movie coming out, shit's going to be cooking. It's going to get real. Oh, yeah. We're going to, I mean, I'm, I guess you're going to take a flight because, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to. And they even made like the facade outside before you got into the ride. Oh, and right. it, it looked like downtown New York City and they had the firehouse and everything. So cool. Yeah, pretty amazing. How about you, Matt? What do you have next? Here we go. Number four. Ray. When someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes! 
back in 2011, I went to the Monster Mania Horror Convention up in Maryland. And this was before I met you or any of our friends who go to these things. So right. it was just me and my girlfriend quietly darting between dealer tables and trying to figure out what the fuck we were going to do there for three days. Yeah, I know how it is. The dealers. The dealers. So this was back when I was running XE. And even then, I always tried to turn these trips into website content because, you know, for all the money I spend at those Monster Manias, it's nice to be able to write part of it off in tax season. Mm -hmm. So the convention was in the middle of the Halloween countdown, which I do every year. And I had the idea to get various celebrities to draw me jack-o'-lanterns instead of give me autographs. I remember you telling me this. First on my list was Ernie Hudson. Now, keep in mind, I loved Ernie, and not just because of Ghostbusters. I loved him from Oz. I loved him in Congo. Mm -hmm. He's really one of my favorite actors. He's not just some dude who happened to be a Ghostbuster. Uh-huh. You know, I'm pretty shy in a public setting, and I know that approaching him to draw a jack-o'-lantern is going <laughs> to, you know, I'm going to have to build up a little courage to do that. <laughs> So I'm in the room, and I, I brought a bottle of tequila, and I take a shot. And I take a shot, and I take another shot. And you know where that's going. I mean, by the time it was ready to actually like follow through, it's like Slimer busting through the autograph room, just sort of like falling face first towards Ernie Hudson. With hot dogs in your mouth. Yeah, with me, you know, with my crappy 2011 digital camera. So I tell him what I'm looking for. I'm like, hey, Mr. Hudson, I'm a big fan. Instead of, oh, Graf, can you draw me a pumpkin? <laughs> now, he's a super nice guy, and I'm sure he's gotten plenty of, like, weird requests over the years. But he's still giving me that look. Mm. Like that, oh, my God, it's only Friday, and i got to put up with this bullshit for two <laughs> more days look. But, you know, he agrees to do it. He tells me, you know, I'm going to have to pay as if it's an autograph, but he'll do it. Yeah. And then guess what? He sat there and he drew me a whole goddamn Halloween scene. Jack Lantern, a tree, some kind of like devil rat plus a signature. And he's doing this while I'm standing there with my shitty 2011 digital camera, snapping enough pictures to make a fucking flip book out of him. I'm like, this is a good man, Ernie Hudson. This is a good man. This is a good man. I mean, I woke up the next morning feeling like so embarrassed, but Ernie Hudson is a class act. He's a class five full roaming paper. Yes. Yes. That's amazing. Oh, God. It was definitely like you wake up the next morning like, oh, why did I do that? But at least I got to talk about it five years later on a podcast. <laughs> He's the man to bring balance to the force. He's like 70 now. Mm -hmm. It's like I won't even live to 70 and I'm half his age and I'll never be in as good a shape as he is right now. It's insane. He's like... uh He's like that dude from Lost. You know, that one that doesn't age? Oh, come on. Are you spoiling Lost for me? Oh, fuck. Oh, I'm the only person on the planet watching Lost right now. <laughs> oh, God, I completely <laughs> forgot. And then you're dropping bombs. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I'll pretend I'm trying to forget that I even heard that. Yeah, you didn't. What's your next memory, Jay? <laughs> Uh. Number five. We got one! The call! Gonna tell you a story about a little town I know. They had a real big problem with the big so my Ghostbusters memory is when I had the Proton Pack and a Ghost Trap from Kenner. Do you remember these? Oh, yeah, of course. 
I mentioned in the He-Man podcast that I was always big on the role-playing toys of the yeah. lines, where like you had things that you could act out and pretend yourself. Yeah, some people like to collect their heroes. You'd like to become them. <laughs> yeah, well said. Yeah. So I had these uh, from the Ghostbusters line, and <laughs> I was always waiting for the exact time to, you know, to really put them to good use. Right. So there, this one time, my two friends were telling me that they experienced some kind of weird supernatural event. And the way it, it kind of escalated in my mind is when they described to me that their mother experienced it as well. And that the, the, the mother was, oh. yeah, the mother was crying. Oh man. And, and moms yeah. don't lie. Yeah. Moms. Don't, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah. MTL. <laughs> they were mid nineties, like a uh, hip hop group. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so even the, the younger sister, you know, had an issue as well. And I don't remember the details of exactly what happened, but I remember them telling me and I said, you know, <laughs> I need to step in. Because they're having some sort of dread overcome them in their apartment. Of of course. This is my moment. I have the tiger. Starts, yeah. starts playing in your bedroom. Yeah, I suit up. I get all my gear on. Uh, you know, I slap on my plastic armband with the Ghostbusters logo. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, if you don't do that, it's like, what's the point? Yeah. So at that moment, it was like everything I've ever known about trying to trap ghosts or kill vampires. Like I was everything from the Ghostbusters to the Frog Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I literally I sat in I sat in the car in the passenger side. This is like when kids were allowed to uh, drive in the passenger side when you're yeah. a kid. I'd sit in a in a baby seat in the back. Right, right. <laughs> and my dad was driving me over to my friend's. And, you know, I'm telling him that I never had a successful test of this equipment and, <laughs> and that, but I had to give it my best shot, even though it might be dangerous. Right. So I threw all caution to the wind and I was like, I'm going to give it my best shot. I gave him the mega powers handshake. And I, we used to do that. And then I went up to uh, my friend's complex and I, I felt a little silly because I was standing outside of the complex with all the Ghostbusters proton pack on and everything. Yeah, trick or treat. Yeah, I was say it wasn't Halloween or even October at that point. So right, of course. So he opens the door and he breathed a sigh of relief. And I'm not kidding. This is what he said. I'll never forget it. Oh God, thank God you brought everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it was like I had a hollow piece of baby blue plastic on my back. <laughs> And I felt like this was going to help in their nightmarish apartment. Oh, God. So that night we set up our sleeping bags and whatnot in the living room. And, there, you know, of course, nothing was happening. We were just watching movies. We were actually watching Mannequin 2. That was a tidbit that I do. Remember. <laughs> and, you know, I was, go I was walking around with the PKE meter trying to sweep for valences and <laughs> things like that. We were really we really thought we were going to figure out what the issue was. So. Anyway, it started to get dark out and we went to sleep, but we were looking over to the kitchen as we were laying like on our sleeping bags. Uh, and collectively, this is how we knew something supernatural was going on. We all saw the same thing at the same time. And it wasn't one of those things where like when you're playing the Ouija board and you're like, oh, did you move it? or No, we saw uh, one of the chairs underneath the kitchen table move out like two inches. Oh, we all saw it and we all freaked out and we all started like literally like yelling. We were so scared. 
And of course, there has to be some sort of scientific explanation, or maybe there was like a small tremor. Who knows? You know, older sister doing a quick push and run. But anyway, so we all freaked out, and we and but it, it was that moment that I didn't use any of that stuff. It was like that goes out the window. Yeah, something like fuck this. These are just toys. Get me the fuck out of this house. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's like I realized. Okay, so the ghost trap is out, and then all that training I had under my belt from the official Ghostbusters training <laughs> manual from Scholastic that oh, went yes. completely. <laughs> Completely out the window. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a great story. Yeah. And by the way, um, I didn't bring the big yellow dick that you refer to it as. Oh man. Well, that's why you just why you you know lost your will. <laughs> yeah. The big yellow. You weren't feeling confident without your sixty-four inch limp yellow dick. No, but it's like I could see how you can get so totally wrapped up in having those toys and believing you were a Ghostbuster. Yeah, because it wasn't like you know, like when you would grab an empty wrapping paper roll and pretend it was a sword. Like you really felt like a Ghostbuster. Yeah, those, with those toys, like you had a big plastic backpack, you had a blaster, you had it all. Yeah, you had traps. And, and that's why I felt like Ghostbusters was a little bit more, slightly more grounded in reality. Because when I had the He-Man stuff, like I knew in the back of my mind, I was playing something that was fictional. But right. whereas Ghostbusters felt real because it was in the city next to me and it was right. you know what i mean it was this crazy like you felt like this is almost possible well plus like when you're playing with ghostbusters toys you could just imagine evil villains in thin air yeah like they don't actually have to be there when you're pretending to be he-man and you could swing that sword but if there's not like a skeleton face demon there yeah you just feel like an asshole <laughs> yeah it, you could start conning yourself into believing that there's like a a, a green spud ghost next to me totally PKE meter reads a class three ghost. It's Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Rooster. Oh no, another one. Red ghost. Zappa. We ain't afraid of them. Number six. I see Ecto Cooler. <laughs> Slimer's new food drink. You've been warned. I've covered Ecto Cooler so many times over the years, but here's a story I don't think I've ever told in full. Oh, yeah. can't wait for this. I think it was uh, 2005, maybe 2006. I had taken some photos of my vintage nine-pack of ecto-cooler juice boxes. The nine-pack, the, yeah, yeah. the, the elusive nine-pack. The elusive nine-pack from, I believe, 94. And then I just left them kind of like sitting on the dining room table, confident that they were safe. Uh, I don't know what I needed the pictures for, some, for some old article, whatever. Mm -hmm. So the next day I go to work, and I was working in the city at the time. Job had really long hours, and then I had a two-hour commute home. So by the time I get home, I find out that my sister had been at the house with my girlfriend for several hours by then. She was just like passing through and she decided to stop by. So before I could even like say hi, she holds up one of the ecto cooler boxes and asks, how old is this? She fucking drank oh, one of those my... ecto cooler juice boxes. Oh man. Which even by that point, and this was years ago, was more than 10 years past its expiration date. Oh, Oh, that's gross. That's gross. And it was such, it was like, I felt worse than, than she was gonna, because Ugh. I mean, I'm standing there in shock and I know those, <laughs> I know those juice boxes pop up on eBay pretty often these days, but back then they were ludicrously rare. I'm looking at this half empty, half crushed juice box, and I'm trying so hard not to picture the hundred dollar bills burning in a fireplace. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like trying not to be like a six year old brat. So all I could do is kind of like just clench my fists and say, yeah, you, you shouldn't have drank that. <laughs> so like, uh, 
Oh, man. So horrible. I mean, I didn't want to make her feel bad because the truth was that pretty soon she was going to feel bad enough. It was like, it was like that Seinfeld episode where Elaine eats the old wedding cake. You know, we're just, so we're sitting at the table shooting the breeze and I'm trying to let it go. And all the all throughout the whole conversation, I'm thinking, my God, you were going to shit like a fucking Yellowstone geyser any minute now. <laughs> I was sitting there worried about her probably getting sick. And you're like, damn, I need to sell these. <laughs> yeah, well, could you imagine? Because this stuff, if it wasn't poison, it was bordering pretty close to it. Imagine if she like died. Yeah, but like, and I had to like I'd be on the fucking news, like brother kills sister with fifteen year old high C. <laughs> it would be so typical of me. Oh my god! So no. did she get sick or no? She didn't get sick, and you know, I I actually for a, a bit on a video years after that took a sip of a uh, juice box of after yeah. cooler. And I didn't get sick, but holy shit, was it disgusting. It was like, it was so chunky that it was like putting a straw to the bottom of a fish tank. (laughs) It was, it was brown. Oh God. Didn't she notice though? Didn't she say, oh, I did kind of taste weird. Well, that's why she asked me. She, I mean, at this point it's only, you know, maybe by 2016 standards, everyone knows that I collect old food. But back then she didn't realize why would somebody have that old fruit juice on the fucking dining room table it's like what does she know it doesn't look old it's on the dining room table it's high c they still make it why would anyone have high c from 1994 <laughs> but she took a swig and you know lo and behold it was chunky bullshit <laughs> what grosses me out more than anything from this story is that it was uh, room temperature yeah, well, yeah, it was definitely room temperature. If it was cold garbage, I would have appreciated it more. <laughs> yeah, now that I think about it, it would have been a little more palatable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, palatable. Anyway, that's my uh, untold story of Octo Cooler, and from that point forward, I was much more careful with my beloved collection. Yeah, I would imagine. Ugh. You got to keep that shit in the vault. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Still play- oh, God almighty. It's like at that point, but, it's probably the only person on the planet who had a steel nine pack back to Google You must hate her to this day for that. I mean, I've gotten over it. She didn't wind up in the hospital though. No, she didn't wind up in the hospital, but uh, I'm <laughs> sure it was not a, a fun night at home for her. <laughs> you probably would have had the uh, ecto cooler stomach pumped back into that box and re- yes. <laughs> resealed. <laughs> Save the puke. Save it. <laughs> well, that was some incredible story. Thank you. My next story will be a little more upbeat. Okay. What do you got for us next? My next story is definitely upbeat because there's a song involved. <laughs> Number seven. Please. Please. Let's make some. It's magic. It's magic. It's magic. Magic. Okay, my next memory is about a song called Magic. Do you remember the scene where uh, Walter Peck lets out the ghost from the containment unit? Oh, yeah, of course. So the ghosts are running wild, brother, all over New York City. Right? <laughs> they're taking over. It's yeah, it's NWO for life. Yeah. So <laughs> this is one of the most cool points in the film, in my opinion, because you got these pink kind of uh, 
psychokinetic lasers going through the uh, city of New York. And, oh, yeah. Know, I mean, the scene is incredible. And you get a peek into Dana Barrett's apartment. And all the while, there's this eerie, new wavy rock song playing over this scene, right? Uh-huh. And it's by a uh, singer, former rock star songwriter, Mick Smiley. Okay. Okay, so uh, what happened to me is that I didn't know anything about the song when I was a kid. I just knew I liked it. And we had the soundtrack. So I played the song, you know, probably a million times, but never all the way through. Right. So I lived, I'd say, you know, the majority of my life thinking that the song in the movie was not on the soundtrack. Oh, man. So what <laughs> happened? Like, the song that's on the soundtrack has something else before it? Yeah, so... Of course, no one knew what I was babbling about. If I tried to ask people, because pre-internet days, you're trying to ask people questions. And I'm like, you know, do you remember that song in that one part of Ghostbusters? And people think you're crazy, you know? Oh, yeah. Especially because what? You're like eight? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like talking you might about... as well be asking them about politics. <laughs> yeah. Do you no, remember, uh, what, what's up with uh, track eight on the uh, Ghostbusters vinyl record? <laughs> yeah. What's this guy? Tell me about Mick Smiley. You know? <laughs> <laughs> me- meanwhile, it's like the song that could have substituted for that Goodbye Horses song in the Buffalo Bill mirror scene. It's like <laughs> this most adult new wavy song. Exactly. At some point in, I'd say, like the early 2000s, I finally realized maybe I should listen to the rest of the song like a normal person. Right. (laughs) And, you know, I figured it out. But the part of the song that's in the movie doesn't hit until two minutes and 18 seconds into the song. Oh, man. I'm like, what? I'm like, 138 seconds you had to wait. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, if you have a catchy tune that you're producing, do you really want to bury the best part two minutes and 18 seconds into it? Right, especially because the song's so good. It's almost like it's a yeah. shame it's not a bigger deal. Yeah, you're sitting there waiting for the good shit, and if you don't have patience like me, you skip right past, right? So <laughs> so let me ask you, what is before it? So before it, it's this sunny, breezy, early 80s pop rock song, and you would have no clue that it sounds like this demonic new wave head trip. Right. So believe me, they would have had a huge hit on their hands if they had put out the song that starts two minutes and 18 seconds in and slapped a no ghost symbol on the on the vinyl single and put it out to record stores because that's a badass song. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's supernatural laser shooting around in the sky when it's playing. (laughs) But no, if you're listening to this. And if that part doesn't register with you or, you know, if it's it's a scene that you don't remember, go back because it's a scene that you need to watch a million more times because it's fucking incredible. Well, I'll tell you, like, this is one thing that we live in the Internet age and I guess other people felt the same way you do. Because now (laughs) if you look up the song on YouTube, it usually cuts out all of that stuff at the beginning. They just go, they go right into the meat. Yeah, I love it. Now I, I just type it into into YouTube, and the first thing I get is, oh, yeah, edited version. You know? Yeah, begins but, at 218. Yeah, it's amazing to me that we, we live in this age where such cool shit can happen at the uh, tap of a finger on your keyboard. Well said. Uh, almost. <laughs> Number eight. Hey, Paisanos, it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show! We're with the Mario Brothers and plumbing's a game. We're not like the others who get all the fame. If your sink is in trouble, you can call us on the double. We're faster than the others, you'll be hooked on the brothers. So I've got another Ernie Hudson memory for you. Oh, I think I might know where you're going with this one. Oh, well, yeah, I think you do. 
uh, back in September of 1989, he appeared on the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's safe to say that you were also a fan of that series. Hey, Paisanos! Hey, Captain Lou, I'll battle with Super Mario. It's like the eight-year-old versions of us dropped acid and made a list for pipe dreams. <laughs> Fucking incredible. <laughs> oh, man, it was classic. I, who doesn't love Captain Lou? Who, who, by the way, looks 20 years younger in that show for some reason. Well, he, he shaved and he took out all the rubber bands and stuff. <laughs> I think he, he actually lost some weight, too. Yeah, who knew he was so fresh-faced under there? Yeah. So, anyway, Ernie appeared on an episode called Slime Busters, mm-hmm. basically playing, I mean, he was called Ernie Hudson, but he was essentially playing Winston. Right. And, but I don't think it was like a sanctioned Ghostbusters appearance, because they never mentioned the title, and they wouldn't even let poor Ernie use the suit. So he's wearing like this, like, just plain brown jumpsuit, and you're supposed to be like, oh, he's a Ghostbuster. Yeah. And he's got like a proton pack that doesn't look quite screen accurate. Yeah, it's definitely a knockoff. Yeah, but I mean, still, it was Ernie Hudson with a proton pack, so who gives a fuck? <laughs> And he's there to help Mario and Luigi take care of a ghostly pile of sarcastic slime. Yes. Oh, my God. Like, I don't know. It was like, if you didn't live through the SMB Super Show era, it's hard to explain how big of a deal it was. It was like the live action Mario and Luigi were just there to introduce cartoons. But the truth is that they were the whole show. Yeah. As a, as a kid living in the Nintendo golden years, you felt like it was your duty to watch them. And mixing that with Ghostbusters, holy shit. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. I know exactly what you mean because you wanted the whole show to be the live action part. Except for the Fridays, which were the Zelda cartoon. That was pretty hot, at least in my circles. But the, the regular Mario cartoons, yes. It's yeah. like, all right, you know, cut this shit and get back to Captain Lou. Yeah. And, and that enormously overdone laugh track. <laughs> like everything they said, like they say, hey, the chair's over there. <laughs> <laughs> Luigi, I thought you'd never get home. <laughs> But wait, the laugh track is great, but you're forgetting one thing. What am I forgetting? Possibly the greatest line of any recorded television show or movie in the history of time. Okay. Bite your tongue, Luigi. Mama didn't raise no slime. Number nine. Okay, Matt, my final Ghostbusters memory for tonight's show. Oh. I call it the Endless Summer Slimer Saga. The Endless Summer Slimer Saga. I know it well. Yes, you do. So this story has been documented on one of the posts on the Sexy Armpit, but I'm going to give the listeners the consolidated version. Oh, boy. I so, don't know. Is that, Jay, is that possible? <laughs> well, I'm long-winded, but I'm going to try my best. So. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's a, it's a pretty epic story. It's epic. It's intense. It's dramatic. So if they want the long version, they could go to the site. But for right now... You and I went to a toy show at a place called It's a Toy Store. And this place is basically a house that they, once in a while, they do toy shows. But inside, it's like a, almost like a vintage toy store. Museum. Museum. Like you're walking around a house inside and it's decorated and it has old toys everywhere. 
And when you go up the steps, they have this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles display and yeah. they have a, a Star Wars room. And it's an incredible place, right? Yeah, like picture like the house from the Christmas story, but just filled with 80s toys. Yeah. So I look in one of the rooms and uh, up on the top shelf, there was a Slimer toy sitting up there. And I, I, I didn't recognize it at first, you know? Uh-huh. I, I, I know. <laughs> and I <laughs> trying to get a hold of somebody on this super busy day. When there was a toy show going on, it was not easy because they were really busy that day. So oh, I asked, yeah, packed house, yeah. literally packed house. So I finally asked the girl, uh, can you get this down for me? So she's got to go up on a ladder and get this thing down. So I could have did it myself, but I didn't want to make a scene or fall on top of something, you know? Right, right. So I'm sitting there looking for a trademark or, or a marking or anything on it that says, you know, a year or what company made this Slimer. I'd say it's about maybe like, I don't know what four or five inches tall. Yeah, and it's but it's not an action figure. Obviously, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that, and it's like it's sort of squishy. And we had no clue really what it was from because yeah, it's it been, almost it almost felt like a bath toy or something. Exactly. So anyway, we we got what we needed, and we were about to leave. I didn't buy Slimer, and we left. And the second that I left, I was in immediate regret. Oh man, were you ever? I mean, the whole ride. You were going on and on and on about it. Your, like your iPod has 3,700 songs and you talked over all of them going on and on about how you should have bought that Slimer. Yeah. So uh, my advice to anybody is if you're about to buy something and you put it down, just go and buy it no matter what. Yeah. Go, go into foreclosure if you have to. You need to buy it because you're going to regret it. Fuck the future. Yeah, exactly. The next day or I guess the next business day, maybe it was Monday, I called – I called the toy store because they said, hey, is that Slimer still there? And that's a risky thing to do, as you know, because you're going to draw attention to this stupid thing that's there. And right, so you're playing it, a dicey game there. Yeah. And if, if somebody's like semi-interested, they might say, hey, you know, what? I'm going to keep this and sell it on eBay or whatever, you know. Right. So anyway, they said it's still there. I said, I got to get back down there. And the next chance we got. We went down there, and you, you came with me, and it was a two-hour ride, or mo more than the two hours. <laughs> I think two hours is probably understating it <laughs> yeah. by, like, two or three hours. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was a long ride. But I had to get back there because this mystery was killing us. We couldn't figure it out for the life of us. So, And you and I were both on this case here. You know, it wasn't just... Yeah, because it was, it was like, people think a Ghostbusters toy, you don't think it would be that hard to ID. Right. Like, so no matter what you're thinking of, any toy from any line, with a few Google searches, you'll find it. Yeah. But yeah, this thing, we had both been on the case, and we're like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's like one of a kind. Between you and I, we know like almost all the Ghostbusters stuff that came out, except the real, you know, maybe something that came out in another country, you know? But, but even so, it's like the fact that we just couldn't find it made it all the more alluring to you. Exactly. Yeah, it just kept burning and like pissing me off, so... He, anyway, we got back there. He was still there. I bought him. And we kept searching. Like, we're searching in the car on the way home. Yeah, we got no Wi-Fi because we're out in the middle of no, like, we're passing farms. There's no connection. I'm like, just like, hold your phone out the window. Find out where this Slimer's from. <laughs> yeah. So then by the time we got home, which was literally like four hours later because it was raining and there was accidents and it was like the worst. <laughs> yeah. Finally, we got back, though, and, like, we're still searching. So later that night, I had mentioned one of these big wheels, but it wasn't necessarily a big wheel. You found a power cycle. Yes. Which, which had this Slimer as, like, a hood ornament, sort of. That bike was so crazy rare that there's only, like, five pictures of it online. But what an experience because, you know, we just kept at it and we figured it out. But 
it was almost like the past Jay and Matt did it on purpose so the future Jay and Matt could talk about it on a podcast right it now. It does seem that way because otherwise, I'm like, I have to believe that because it was such a long, drawn out adventure. Yeah. For such a, for such a small payoff. <laughs> yeah. It's like this like $15 Slimer toy at a toy store. Yeah. And it's like literal months went into it. It was just endless. Who are you going to call? Number 10. So my last memory is all about Slimer candy containers. Do you remember <laughs> these things? Yes, but I remember them because of you. They were little hollow plastic Slimer figurines filled with what were essentially sweet tarts. Because mm -hmm. back in the 80s, like every major character had something like that. Like uh, Alf had one, Ninja Turtles had one. There was even one for Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horrors. I like, remember a, that. Like yeah. everything had a candy head. Mm-hmm. So clearly by then, this Slimer candy, which came out, I think, during the Ghostbusters 2 era, it was mm -hmm. already old. That didn't keep KB Toys from selling it because, as I've always said, KB Toys never stops selling anything. <laughs> like, they'll just, they, you know, back when they were still around, they would just keep marking it down forever and ever. Yeah. Yep. No matter if they don't care if they sell it for five cents, they're not going <laughs> to give up. Yeah. So, like, you'd walk into there and you'd go to the back and it'd be like, holy shit, every toy in here is from 1973. Now, in the case of these Slimer containers, they were actually up by the register, and I think they had marked them down to, like, 29 cents or something like that. Mm -hmm. But the thing was, they were all in this, like, full display box. Yeah. So it dawned on me that as cool as the little containers were, the display box was way, way cooler. Mm -hmm. And if you're in a retail store, the only way you can get a display box is by buying everything in it. I decided to take the plunge, and then it happened. In the process of grabbing that Slimer display box off of their crowded shelf right by the register in full view of, I don't know, 30 people, I knock 500 fucking other things over. Just a domino effect of complete and total chaos. I could have made the same move 500 more times and never created as much damage. I was like Luke taking down the Death Star. It was a one in a million shot. Now, keep in mind, like, this is like, it's really crowded up there. There's all the customers, there's all the, all the uh, staff. So to say that I created a scene in this KB Toys in our local shopping mall is a massive understatement. <laughs> well, it serves them right for stacking shit on top like, of each other. <laughs> so in the end, I did make the purchase, and I no longer have, I think, any of the containers, but I still have the box. And that's the important part. Yeah, yeah I mean, even with hindsight, I can say that, yes, it was worth making a complete fool of myself over at KB. <laughs> that's so awesome. And... Oh man, those slime those are little slimer things. Inside they got you almost like a sweet tart type thing. Right, right. They were like, you know, cheap little candy that you would never want if it didn't come in a container that was shaped like slimer. <laughs> it's like that was the gag with these candy head containers. It was like it was always the worst candy possible, but you needed it cuz it was sort of like an action figure. You know what bothered me about those figural candy containers is that they were never painted. It was just like one color plastic. Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, that's debatable. And number two, this was uh, just a minor Topps candy. They were sold for, like, the same price as a pack of, like, trading cards. No, it's not debatable because most of them weren't painted. No, that's true. Yeah. Most of yeah. them weren't painted. Right. Until later on, maybe. But, like, the ones uh, Well, until on. you got home and, like, broke out all the art supplies. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fix this shit right up right now. Oh, I see what you're, I see what you're going. Yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Note to self. Uh, next time, ask Matt to, sh to show him the painted figural candy containers that he made. <laughs> I, I had a very empty childhood. 
So this has been our Ghostbusters memories, and we hit on a lot of good stuff, Matt, you know, from Tavern on the Green to Slimer Candy. Yeah, we've done it all. And there's a lot of cool Ghostbusters stuff to look forward to as well coming up. Aside from the movie, what's so cool to me is that I like how trailers have become these mini movie premieres, you know? Oh, yeah, I made sure I was online at 9 a.m. when that trailer came out. I did not want to miss it because I didn't want to miss the reactions. I didn't want to miss, like, that first wave of excitement. And, yeah, the excitement came with a little bit of bullshit, but it was still so much fun. I agree, and I totally ignored half of that stuff. I just wanted to see it for myself, and it did feel like a big event. Everybody's picking and choosing their favorite scenes and little Easter eggs and things like that. Did you have a favorite scene from that trailer? Um, well, just in a general sense, I thought it was all really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shot that really made that sold me entirely is when all the ghosts are sort of congregating in Times Square. Oh, yeah. One comes right at the camera. There are movies where one single shot kind of discounts whatever else might be wrong about a movie. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't care if it's bookended by absolute garbage. This one shot was worth making this movie for. Yeah, that was. And the good, yeah, the ghost coming at you. And like, it's, it seems like all the electric kind of fuses out in Times Square. Oh, yeah, as, there's definitely as, uh, there's some plot points hiding in that scene for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff that's happening, and I, I can't wait to see that. I think my favorite scene is one that's going around the internet like crazy when Kate McKinnon goes to lick her gun. That's your favorite scene? <laughs> <laughs> I never would have predicted it. <laughs> Just thinking about that scene makes me laugh. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it makes it makes it laugh. It's like a laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> so Kate McKinnon is obviously break like she's poised to be the breakout star of this film. Like, seems like she's getting the really funny parts, and she's getting the coolest character so far. Absolutely, and I think a lot of people just missed out on her because she's been doing funny stuff on SNL for a long time. So this has been our Ghostbusters podcast. It's been a fun time talking to you matt about ghostbusters thanks jay same to you thanks for joining us everybody i'm jay from the sexy armpit and i'm matt from dinosaur dracula we're We're ready ready to to believe believe you (laughs) i think we should do it once again you're you're tanking it on purpose tanking it on purpose i'm going operatic (laughs) okay i'm presenting myself as rubenesque (laughs) all right we'll just do one for safety that's it the last one yeah i think that's a good call okay thanks for joining us everybody i'm jay from the sexy armpit and i'm I'm matt from dinosaur dracula (laughs) oh come on we'll do it again sorry (laughs) sorry thanks for joining us everybody i'm jay from the sexy armpit and i'm matt from dinosaur dracula we're We're ready ready to to believe you Oh, God. Well, I guess that'll have to do. All right. Thank you for listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast.